Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the H&H Hour podcast. My name is Heather Taves, and I am the co-host along with my sister, Heidi Bolt, and she's sitting right next to me. Hi, friends. We're so glad that you've joined us. If this is your first time listening, we want to say welcome. And today is actually part two of a series that we aired last week. Mm -hmm. So if you want, you can catch up on the first part of this part of the podcast. Um, This is the Ordinary Guys series, and this is us interviewing our men today, Mm -hmm. our husbands, Heather's Chris Taves, and mine is Kip Bolt. And we talk about some hard things with them. It's good. It is. It's so good. But we do want to give a little bit of a warning. Yeah. If you have little ears listening, mm-hmm. you might want to hit pause and listen to this when they're not around, just in case it's some topics that you haven't had conversations with them about yet. But you know, Heidi, what I think is so cool is that we can have these real, raw, honest conversations with men to talk about what ordinary men struggle with and women, because really this relates to everyone, but this is specifically about men today. Um, And when you give men a platform and you give them an opportunity to share their voices, they have so much to say, which is awesome. So this is part two with our men, and we know that you're going to learn so much and be so encouraged, and we hope that you enjoy it. Okay, so guys, what, what do you do to protect your marriage? Hmm. That's a big question. It is. Um, could go a lot of different directions. Um, first of all, tell us how long you've been married. 14 years. 14 years. 15 in May. 15 in May. Yeah. Wow. It's crazy. I I actually am. It's so um, sweet of you to take me to Hawaii this year. Yeah. (laughs) So So sweet, honey. Hey, you were going to send me those airline miles, right? Which (laughs) island are you going to? I don't know. the travel guru um yeah 14 years um in fact i'm i'm preaching at our church's christmas service and so um i've been writing my message and there's a whole part on our courtship if that's what we should call it oh we dated yeah yeah we definitely dated (laughs) so i'm 14 years and you're still deciding what to call it (laughs) depends on which company we're with if you ask my dad we did not do courtship yeah 14 years Um, i tell you what we you know the thing um i say we do two things really well um we sex wow that was not one of them three things evidently yeah that wasn't one of them no, I didn't. Oh I thought my this gosh. was like a family friendly thing, but um, yeah. So, okay, two, so we, we don't do, do that. Well. So we do two. Th- no, that's not what I said. <laughs> oh wow. Uh, we do two things really well uh, for the general audience, which is um, we we spend a lot of time in conversation, um, rather that Saturday mornings. Or- <laughs> I can't even look at you guys. <laughs> no idea what your two things are. I'm <laughs> Honey, I, like, I just like you. What can I say? Yeah. Okay. All right. We do two things really well. Uh... <laughs> this is the laughing episode. Yeah. Oh. We do two things really well. We have conversation, Mm -hmm. uh, which I think is, man, I think it's so underrated in in relationships. I think, um, 
Man, and we fall we fall prey to this too, right? You come home from work, hey, how was your day? You have kind of this like yeah. it's more of like a taskless, what did you do today versus mm-hmm. conversation. Yeah. Um, but we try really hard to have dialogue with each other that is above and beyond like engaging. Hey, what did you do yeah. today? Yeah. Um, whether that's you know, dreams, goals, um, passions, you know, all, all the things that really matter to folks. Um, you know, whether that's Saturday morning before the kids go up, go get up or in the evening after the kids go to bed or, or what have you. Um, and I think we do a really good job about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, kind of this is tandem, right. But is, is date nights, mm-hmm. you know, we had, even tonight we had a date night, um, and we are so, so blessed to have you guys in our lives, to have mom in our lives, mm-hmm. um, to have family that's around, that's, yeah. that's willing to, um, watch our kids and provide us the opportunity to go on date night. And, yeah. um, we have a babysitter that feels like family. We have a babysitter that feels <laughs> like family. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, but, um, man, that, that is so critical. It, yeah. it, for so many reasons, right? I mean, it, it gives you the opportunity to reset. It gives you the opportunity to have a conversation without being interrupted five different times. It has a, it it, it can provide so much value to a relationship. And so, yeah. um, I think those are the two things that we, we really excel at. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if that necessarily qualifies as protecting your marriage. Mm, I think but, so. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it, it, it's definitely... I would say date nights go... For me, date nights go a really long way in protecting mm-hmm. our marriage. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. a foundation of, of having a healthy marriage, if, yeah. if we could put it that way. Well, because when That's I get cool. to sit across from you and, one, not answer questions from anyone else, any littles, and just feel noticed by you mm-hmm. and acknowledged and listened to, and then also get the opportunity to listen to you... It's, I mean, it does, it connects your hearts. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. And if I could add one third thing, um, not to, not to be over spiritual or kind of over religion, but man, church, like we, like Mm -hmm. we, we have a unique um, situation in that we help lead a church, Mm -hmm. but man, like we are at church together as a family every single weekend. Yeah. Every single weekend. And, and not because we have to be. We yeah, want to be. We want yeah. to be. And not even that. Like my encouragement, whether you attend the church that we go to or any church you go to, like, man, get involved. Like yeah. get involved so that you feel connected to the people that you go to church with. Yeah. And, and that's yeah. such a huge part of, of our week is that we look forward to it. We 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 serve together, mm-hmm. we show up early. Um, we stay late. We connect with the people. I, obviously, you know, you guys, you know, are a huge part of that um, in leading the church. And um, I just think it's it just it creates that foundation um, in your relationship. And and um, it's really, really critical. That's I love, so good. I love it. You said that because really what you're saying is that it's a priority yeah. above almost everything else every time. Mm-hmm. Like there's the exception you know, twice a year. (laughs) But really, I think that has been lost in our Mm -hmm. culture because other things have trumped taking our family to church and Mm -hmm. making that be the priority. And and I think people fail to realize that that is also protecting your marriage. For sure. If I could add, there was a, I had this, um, as I'm sure all of us do, right? We have these, these just perpetual dialogues in our head at all, all the time. And I was thinking about actually Heidi and I, when we 
got engaged um, and there was a lot of tension. We're in a series uh, about tension at church and and there was a lot of tension um, from the family units and some stuff going on. And there was a comment that was made about my church where I went to church that um, the, the comment went something along the lines of, you know, you, you spend all this time in church and really you only ask your church to be there for you at two points in your life. Your marriage, when, when you get married, your wedding and your funeral. Hmm. And I was thinking about that comment the other day and I'm like, man, that's a sad commentary. Mm-hmm. Like that's a sad commentary. Like it, it, for a couple of reasons, right? So it like a, um, you can't expect a church, which is a family to be there for you. If you're not there for them mm-hmm. week in and week mm-hmm. out, yeah. like if you're only showing up once a month or even worse, like that's not your family. Yeah. It, you don't have a relationship with those people. It's not your family, right? I mean, it, it's it's at best a group of people that you show up <laughs> with to a building, you know, once a month. And so, like that, a country club. Yeah, it's like a country club. <laughs> it's like okay, so you see, so they're not really your family. But then on the flip side, it's like, man, if that's all you expect out of your church, if all you expect is for them to be a venue for you to get married. And then a venue for to bury you, mm-hmm. like that's that's that's, that's that's not. And yeah. so it just it like I understand where the comment was coming from, and, and there was a whole you know dialogue around yeah. that that, that it, this isn't the right venue to talk about. But the it just it was kind of weighing on me, and I was thinking about it that man the church so much more. is so much more, yeah. and, and it, 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 it like. It's definitely, absolutely, without question, one of those things that you get out of it what you put into it. Yeah. And if you are only showing up on occasion, then, man, don't be surprised if people don't notice when you leave. And and I'm not trying to be harsh about it. I'm just, yeah. it's it's just the reality yeah, of it true. that, you know, you, you get out of it what you put into and it. And I would add that you can be there physically and not be there emotionally. Yeah. Or mentally, and so showing up means engaging. Yeah, it means being a part of a body, which yeah. is, you know, a body is made up of many parts, and that's good. Well, because I think of it in aspect to marriage, because Jesus likens the marriage to the relationship that the church has with Him. He's the bride, and we are the bridegroom. And if Kip, if you were home every night for dinner and helped do bedtime routine, but you never acknowledged me. Mm-hmm. It, that would not be a marriage. Yeah. That would not be a relationship. Yeah. And so I think it's the same for people in, in churches. Um, show up, engage, like be a part. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, Jesus never intended the church to be a spectator sport. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a, we are the church. It's not a, a place that we go to. It's, That's right. It's, yeah. it's a part of something that, that you are. Yeah. And without you, it's missing something. Yeah. We're living stones that are built into this, this building. Yeah. Not an actual building, but a spiritual building. Yeah. And if it's missing you, then it's missing a piece of the wall. 
So I love that you can tell we're all um, very invested in the local church. <laughs> because a, a question on marriage just went to that, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that because it really is the fabric of our lives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we're so, it's so ingrained in us that that is part of what makes our marriages work, yeah. right? It's part of what protects our marriages. Well, and Heather, I mean, for me, let's just be real as women. When you watch your man either stand up on stage and preach the word of God mm-hmm. or get out a mop, to mm-hmm. clean the building that you rent mm-hmm. to lead church in. Yeah. I mean, that that is attractive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that translates into your Monday through Saturday. Yes, it does. Because you remember the sacrifice he made on Sunday yeah, to be there for other people, to experience Jesus. Which, yeah. is, which is what Jesus called us yeah. to. So. Yeah. Okay, so Chris, I don't think you got to answer. Did what you get to answer? What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> what do you do to protect your marriage? Okay, um... Yeah, similar to Kip, I, I think you guys do a great job of date nights. Um, we do an okay job. I want to do a better job. You guys kind of do date vacations. Yeah, we do. Yeah, well, yeah, you do va- date vacations, man. Way to way to date vacations. You do date, <laughs> date vacations. vacations. Date. Yeah, yeah. That's I take true. I take her out to dinner. You take her to Hawaii. Thank you very much. For that. <laughs> well, we do we do intentionally get a, try to get away a lot, mm-hmm. uh, or as we can. And but the the concept is the same, right? It's is getting a way to communicate mm-hmm. and um, or just to, to be in each other's presence. And I think that's huge. We, we just came back from, a, we'd scheduled this trip months ago to uh, Mexico. And we didn't do a whole lot other than just kind of soak in the sun and look at the ocean and hear from God and talk to each other. Mm-hmm. And that was exactly what we needed. Yeah. And um, there's a lot of vision and dreams for our, our family, our marriage, our church that, that are coming from that. And so I, I think, but it doesn't have to come at a big, we actually didn't spend a lot of money doing this. It's crazy as it sounds, but it doesn't have to take a lot of money. Mm-hmm. It's, it's more about the intentionality of your calendar and saying, what's, what's my priority? Cause, um, Every listener out there, this may be a shocking revelation, but you are in charge of your time. Yeah. And uh, you have to take control of it and say what's important to you. And, you know, maybe that means, most likely that means you have to say no to something so that you can say yes to your marriage. Yeah. And no one is going to protect your time but you. You're the only one who will protect it. Yeah. So... It was funny as Chris was saying this, um, two things came to mind. One, um, this might be the most words I've spoken in any one setting mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. 100% Probably. sure it yeah. is. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the second thing, which is way more important, and, and it just came <laughs> to me in relation to protecting your marriage, is as Chris was talking, it just kind of hit me. And I, I can't believe I've never really, if I've ever noticed this, it's, it's been in passing and it hasn't like consciously hit me, but it's like, man, surround yourself with people who value their marriage. Yeah, yeah. it's good. Um, I think a lot of people, whether it's the popular mindset or it, it, I don't know, but it's, it's like it's in trend to kind of belittle your spouse. Yeah. If the girls are out you know, they're belittling, belittling how their husband is a goon. And if the guys are out, they're belittling their, you know, wife about how she's a nag. Like there's this like 
culture of belittling um, the spouse. And so like mm-hmm. the reason it, I think came to mind is obviously we spend, you know, the majority of our time socially with you guys and um, man, you guys value your marriage. You guys yeah. love each other as important. You like each other. And um, man, that just, that encourages the people yeah. that you're around to mm-hmm. value their marriages. And I yeah. think, Rather we've intentionally done that or not, um, the people that we surround ourselves with mm-hmm. value their marriages. Good, yeah. So yeah, find a good marriage around you and ask them what what, what they do. Yeah. Give them, ask them two or three tips. I, if I could add, don't put your children ahead of your spouse. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Can create more of those guys. <laughs> <laughs> you know, here's the deal. Have fun doing not them. always. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when your kids are little. It's, mm-hmm. it's hard because they, they so desperately need you. Like yeah, their survival yeah. is dependent on you. And so it's very easy for us to give everything we have to mm-hmm. our children and totally forget our spouse. Yeah. But I think even when your kids are little, you, it's absolutely necessary if you value your marriage and if you want it to last for as long as you live, which that's the goal, mm-hmm. right? You have to still put your spouse, even if you have a baby, who's a difficult baby, you still have to put your spouse first right. yeah. at some point. Yeah. And I think that we get that really wrong right now in our yeah. culture where we just in from the time they're little until the time they're out of the house, even, even then, you know, even once they're out of the house. And so we let them dictate everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Our kids, our kids rule our marriages and yeah. it's time to, it's time the, to put a stop to that. The takeaway is it's okay for your kids to cry. It will yeah. not kill them. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's good. Okay, so all four of us have given our lives to leading people to follow Jesus. That's that's obviously that's in in the fabric of our lives and being invested in their lives. And so we know from having walked through this with many many people over the last fifteen years, twenty years, sexual sin is rampant in our world right now. Um, Pornography. Other sexual sins have a hold on so many people. And we see it tearing apart marriages, destroying single people and children, um, wrecking our kids. Uh, So what can you offer to the men that are listening and women? Let's just be very open. This is not just a men issue. um, As encouragement and hope in this particular area. So Heidi and I were um, talking about this at dinner before we came over. And um, as you said, Heather, it, it, it hits it hits home on so many levels um, all, all around us. And um, I think there are practical things that we can do, whether men or women, um, to guard ourselves. But, and, and this is me not trying to be pessimistic or negative, but uh, of all the sins that find their way into our lives, it seems like in today's age that this is the one that no matter what guards you put up, somehow, some way it finds its way into relationships mm-hmm. and into people's lives. Um, you know, the practical things, right? I mean, you know, 
in today's day and age, you know, as it relates to pornography, it's 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 digital, and so it's going to come through an, a phone or a laptop or an iPad or whatever. So there's all sorts of great programs out there, accountability programs that can that can help um, husbands or wives, uh, or, or 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 individuals especially. Um, can I ask you a specific question about that? Yeah. Okay, let's let's actually let's get really real about this. Mm-hmm. Would you say from a biblical standpoint that pornography is wrong? That pornography is something that is ruining relationships between husbands and wives specifically and and also anyone who is not in a marriage relationship, but um because a, a lot of what society says right now is that you know, there's a place for it and it's accepted and yeah. that it's that it's okay if if you're filling a specific need that no one else is filling for you. Yeah, I mean, I, I think for me personally, um, and I think biblically there's there's no there's no gray space here that that it is absolutely um not acceptable. Um I think like all you have to do is is look at look at the fallout of it in in relationships and in people's lives. I mean, it, it it just is a corrosive thing, and you know it, it, even you know so to be really honest, right? So so I came I came through a secular school system. I came through a secular um, higher ed system. And there's no question about it. like they that like hey this is an acceptable thing, mm-hmm. it, it's even promoted, um, and you know it, it's it, it's promoted as this like hey um, no harm no foul nobody's gonna get hurt you know that type of that type of thing. And everyone's doing it, so you might as well too. Kind everyone's of everyone's doing it, but like hey, um, you know who's it hurting? Like it's, it's not hurting anybody, mm-hmm. and. There's there is such a deep conversation, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you could have a whole a whole uh, podcast about this, but um, so so let's say say you're single, okay, and and you're looking at pornography, um, man, it, like it, it it is it is damaging. Like you're you're setting yourself up for an unrealistic reality. Um, you're also um, corroding your worldview and your um, view of what a woman should be and who she is. You're, you're um, making a woman an object instead of um, what she really is. Like there's all sorts of things. And then you fast forward to um, a, a relationship, whether you're dating or courting or married or engaged or whatever. Um, again, it's like, there's so many corrosive things about it. And trust me, I like, I'm not at all judging in any way, shape, or form, I, I'm just saying, like, as as a guy who is subjected to to this sin from the time I was young until you know, probably till tomorrow, like it, it, mm-hmm. it's out there all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it has the absolute opportunity to destroy everything in your life, and we've known mm-hmm. many people who yeah. it's destroyed relationships, yeah. it's destroyed. Yeah just about everything that they know. And so, um, so to, to answer your question, there are, um, there are accountability programs, um, like literally software that you can put on your devices that, that help keep you accountable. 
Um, but again, that's kind of it's kind of like the it's kind of like a home security system, right? It only mm-hmm. keeps the honest people honest. Like if yeah. you really mm-hmm. want to get around it, you're going to get around it. And so we were having this dialogue at dinner. It's like, okay, what is because there's the, I, I feel like there's this disingenuous um, agenda. Disingenuous isn't right. I think there's an agenda out there that's a little bit naive in the Christian culture of like, hey, if you do these steps, you're going to be safe. It's like, hey, okay, then go build an eight foot cinder block wall around your house and turn off your internet because that's the only thing that's going to happen, right? right. And even then, the imagination is an incredible thing. So like, (laughs) you know, like if you really want to, you're going to figure out a way. And so we were having this dialogue and I'm just like, it just kind of occurred to me like, man, at least in our marriage, um, probably the safest safeguard you can have is just honesty and dialogue. Yeah. Hey, this is what I'm struggling with. Or, hey, you know, th- I was presented with this today. I just want you to know, and this is what mm-hmm. it meant to me, or this is what, you know, occurred to me or, or what have you. Um, and having that dialogue with your spouse and being able to just be honest and, you know, and say, hey, this is this is this is what it is. I work in a secular workplace, and this dude was showing pictures, and mm-hmm. I saw this picture, and mm-hmm. you know, hey, so good, you know, I'm sorry. Um, I just want you to know that you know yeah. this is how it's impacting me, and that sort of thing. Um, but then, just in a relationship perspective, um, man, it's like guys. I mean, we're just big dumb rocks i mean we are it's just like hey if we're alone if we're bored if mm-hmm. we're upset or frustrated hungry. if we're hungry mm-hmm. it's yeah it's, no that's that's really good kip i think there's two things that i come to mind after just picking back off of a view is um one yes it is a sin jesus said if you lust after a woman then you've committed adultery with her in your heart and can I pause you for a second and just I want to take it a little one step further just because this is what our culture says inside marriage is it okay you know because I've I've confront I've had this question like is well, pornography okay yeah. like in it it makes our marriage better yeah like it makes it makes what happens in our so, marriage hotter or more intense or you know 50 shades of gray was a book that's super popular and specifically for women over the last several years and and many women have looked me in the face and said but it's made me better with my husband okay so i'd ask you the question if that was your daughter then you're looking at her is that okay that's somebody's daughter right but i'm saying like biblically does that make it okay because that's what people are using they're using this this lie no because it's idolatry Mm -hmm. it's lust it's god created god created us this great gift called sex yeah and it's beautiful when it's one man and one woman in a marriage situation and outside of that it's not it's lies it's distorted yeah. And um, it, it's not okay. Yeah. And but it's a struggle because God God created men with this um, this visual appetite for women. That's that's beautiful inside of a marriage situation. And so there's there's two things going on here in my mind. There's there's a heart condition at the mm-hmm. root of everything. Yeah. Where man, if you <laughs> I'm I am not here. But if you can somehow make Jesus your ultimate pleasure, 
if you can make him your ultimate pleasure, then everything else is lessened. And so there's that's one thing. That's the heart condition. But then there's also, okay, how do I safeguard my marriage to what Kip was talking to? How do I safeguard my kids? There are practical things that you can do. In Deuteronomy, it talks about, um, it, you know, back in the day they had flat roofs back in the Old Testament. And it said um, to make sure that nobody falls off a roof accidentally, build a guardrail around mm-hmm. it. So we need to do that in our lives, mm-hmm. build guardrails. Now, can you jump over those if you wanted to kill mm-hmm. yourself? Yes, mm-hmm. but it's harder to do that. Right. There's programs, there's OpenDNS that, um, the, that we can put a link on the podcast. Mm-hmm. You can put on your router, on your kid's iPad device where it blocks pornography mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. Can they can they get around that if they figure out a way mm-hmm. on, on 3G? Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But it's a guardrail. Yeah. Right. And we need to set up Causes as many... them to take notice, right? Yes. Like to second guess, like, and do can... I really want to do this? And you talk to your kids about it. Yeah. There's kidlogger.com, which is a free, you know, um, spyware for a better lack of a better word. We're track, tracking internet usage. And you talk to your kids and say, hey, listen, we're going to put this on for accountability um, or, or with your spouse. Like I, mm-hmm. you use that for your spouse. We're going to have this for accountability. It's a guardrail, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, it's only as good as your heart condition is. Yeah. And that pursuit of Jesus comes into play. Yeah. Yeah. But also I think a good, a healthy, um, sex life and marriage yeah. is absolutely huge to battle this. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely huge. Yeah. 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 I love what you said, Kip. And I want to kind of translate that into something you said to me the other day. You said being very honest about this with your spouse and saying like, hey, I I saw this Mm -hmm. today or this temptation came across my path. And Mm -hmm. Chris, you said, and then as as whichever spouse is saying that, because it can go either way. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. this is not just a men issue. Mm -hmm. No, it's not. Let's be very real. This is a very significant woman issue today too. Yeah. Um, not necessarily always from a sexual side, but from an emotional side. Mm-hmm. And so you said to me the other day, Chris, you said, like, I won't, we were talking about pornography and we have open dialogue and you travel for work. And so there has to be a constant dialogue between the two of us. And it's kind of, a, it's in some ways, it's kind of a joke when I'm like, did you see any hot girls? Mm-hmm. You know, and um, you're very honest with me and you'll say like, it's not that I'm not tempted. Like, mm-hmm. it's not that I never look. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but my heart is yours, mm-hmm. and when I do yeah. look, I remember I have a wife at home yeah. that That's I am really going good. to remain yeah. pure to. So and what that does for me is makes me go, okay, he's being honest with me mm-hmm. yeah. about the yeah. fact that he did see someone yeah. that caught his eye. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he knows he has a wife back here that he's coming yeah. home to, yeah. and he's committed to me. Yeah. Well, and how much uh, more comforting for you than to hear like, oh, oh no, no, I don't think anyone else is hot. It's like, well, then you're a fool. Right. There's a lot right. of hot women out there. There's a lot of beautiful right. women out yeah. there, let's right. be honest. Yeah. Right. I think of I think of King David, and this is relates to what Kip just said, but King David, he was standing on his rooftop and he saw a beautiful woman. Now he could have walked away in that moment. Yeah. Right. But he was lonely. Yeah. He was I mean out of his calling. Hungry in some way, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Sexually hungry. Yeah. Um, but what in those moments, what do we do? Yeah. And um I mean, that's an open-ended question. Yeah. Right. Uh, but, but one, do we have the right guardrails? Mm, yeah. And then what are we going to do? Like be, purpose beforehand in your mind. One yeah. of the things that that I've done with traveling is, okay, if I ever am confronted or offered this situation, 
I'm going to walk away or run away. Just like Joseph, you know, he was presented with the opportunity mm-hmm. and uh, he could have easily taken it and he ran. Yeah. Yeah. You have to run, yeah. but you have to decide that beforehand because yeah. in the moment yeah. you're going to fail. Yeah. 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 Chris, I love that you said that because I just pulled up 1 Corinthians 6, 19. It says, run yeah. from sexual sin. Yeah. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. Mm. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Don't you realize the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Mm. But I love that the word of God is so clear. It doesn't leave it. There is there is no gray there. Like it, it just says run from sexual sin. Yeah. And, and that doesn't mean none of us are ever tempted by it or right. struggle with right. it. But you have that choice. You've, yeah. You know, the guardrail is there. Are you going to jump over it? Are you just going to turn and flee? Heather, you you said like, and you're right. Like there is this, and it's not a relatively new thing. This whole dialogue of pornography or um, you know, romantic novels or whatever you want to call lust. it, lust, Huge. just within the context yeah. of marriage. Like, oh, it's okay because within the context of marriage. And I mean, that was something, I mean, you know, I've been out of college for 20 years now and it's like, man, that's what they were preaching that, preaching <laughs> that back then. Like, hey, this is a great way to, you know, have this kind of connection, you know, with your significant other. And like my question to you my question to anybody would be like, I mean, you do realize that you're literally like one step away from a disaster, right? Like, okay, so great. So you're, you, you know, let's get really real. You're watching this thing with your significant other. Like, how are they processing it? Like, how are they internalizing what they're seeing? How, how is that changing how they see you or see the relationship or what have you. And, and mind you, like we're, you, you're one step away from them going, Oh, well, maybe I don't like you. She's a lot hotter than you. Right. Or or he's a lot hotter than you. Or, or, you know, I, I mean, not, not like, I mean, not to sound silly, but like that's that's the reality. Yes. I mean, yeah. that's how yes. it starts, right? Yes. I mean, that's how you start to see that, and you go, "Oh man, well, oh well." Let's let's be really real. What happens is you have this romantic night, you watch this video together, everything's great, and then three weeks later, you have a blowout fight. Yeah, yeah, you're just pissed off at each other. <laughs> yeah, and what's the first thing that comes to mind? Oh, well, you know, maybe. I am better than that person, or maybe they're better than me, yeah. or maybe you remember seem, how you felt looking they, at someone else. Yeah, yeah. maybe they seem to be that flirting didn't with piss us. You off. Like it, yeah. it, it just yeah. sows so much yeah. dissension into yeah. the relationship, and yeah. so I, I flatly, you know, just would say that that that's you know, <laughs> I mean, it's just it's not healthy for a relationship. I think the bigger issue, the way that I see it, is is that um, the men that have a strong desire to have healthy, godly marriages that still find themselves caught up in this stuff or find themselves tempted by it or find themselves for a season at a period before struggling with it. And you you see it, and, and I know we've had conversations with people candid conversations, um, private conversations where it's like, Hey man, like, I, like, I, 
I don't want to be a part of it. I don't like that. It, it, it isn't something that interests me, but yet, you know, I, yet I find myself time after time involved in it. And so I think like that's, that's, the, I think the more, the, the more concerning piece for me is like the people that we know that want desperately to Desire have nothing to, to do it. with it, mm-hmm. but yet well, I can't think like the find people, themselves in it over and over. But I think the people finding themselves there, you've got to pull people in that you trust yeah. because to just fight it alone, you're, you're going to lose yeah. every I, time. I think it's even deeper than that, Heidi. I think it's truly an addiction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's something that we write off as, well, you just need to stop and get over it. And yeah. I think many, many times you actually need very intensive help. Oh, absolutely. But I, but I think it starts with talking to people you trust who then can help you walk through the steps. But I think, of... I think a lot of people need to go into some sort of a season where they're in, like if you're addicted to alcohol, you, do you text, need to yeah. go into yeah. a time where you deal with that specifically. And I, I, I just yeah. think the reality is we try to, we ask people to get over it or to heal from it. And we don't necessarily always encourage mm-hmm. them to go the correct route that will help them walk yeah. through I that. I fully agree. Um, I think at least in my experience in, in, I think what I see often kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier, where it's like, maybe you accidentally see something mm-hmm. Maybe you purposely see something, but your intentions aren't necessarily fully vetted. And then Satan uses that to lie yeah. to you. Hey, yeah. you saw it one time. What's one more? Yeah. You saw it two times. What's mm-hmm. one more? Yeah. Hey, they'll never find out. Yeah. What's one more? Yeah, this isn't hey, hurting anyone. Hey, this isn't hurting anybody. Yeah. What's one more? And it just, it goes on and on. And then and it's on an like addiction. That. And yeah. then it's an addiction. Yeah. yeah. Well, like Paul says, you know, you have these two opposing forces fighting each other. And he, he says, you've, you've got the sinful nature, which is actually crucified with Christ. But yet I find myself doing these things that I don't want to do. Yeah. And like, We've all been there, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we have the spirit within us, and mm-hmm. it's this battle. Yeah. But he says we we have the spirit, and the spirit gives us desires. Yeah. So we're fighting these other desires, but the spirit gives us the the ultimate desire, which is that passion, that pursuit, that pleasure of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So uh, John Piper says it the best. He says, "You fight pleasure with pleasure," mm-hmm. and and that's the best thing that I've discovered for my life is. Um, we fight, I fight the pleasure of sin with the pleasure of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not perfect at it, mm-hmm. but that's, that's been really helpful for me. That's really good. Mm-hmm. Okay. I want to talk a little bit about our kids. Sweet. Because I think that for, um, I would say our generation, um, this was not something was talked about at all. And I think we're now living in a generation of adults mm-hmm. that are our age that have, extreme addictions to pornography and sexual mm-hmm. sin because it was not talked about yeah. very much. Um, and so I think that we are, as, as a generation of parents, doing a better job of talking about it with our kids from an early age. What do you... What are you doing specifically with your boys? I think um, you got you guys have younger boys. We have a middle schooler. So, what are you doing to talk with them about it? Do you think it's important to talk with them about it? Talk to us a little bit about that. I think it's important at every stage. Um, 
you know, obviously when they're younger, we talk about, we've, we've talked about with, with Benny, um, Hey, what happens? And Jules, Mm -hmm. what happens when we see bad pictures? Right. And we talk about bad pictures and we don't have to label them exactly, Mm -hmm. but as they grow older, it gets more specific. Mm -hmm. But I think it's just like a marriage. The most important thing is communication Mm -hmm. and having, keeping that open dialogue so that you can get to their heart condition Mm -hmm. and know their heart condition Mm -hmm. and like make it a constant thing at bedtime routine. Like, Hey, what's going on? Whether it's not just the subject of pornography, but um, whatever it might be like, Hey, what happened today? What's your heart experiencing today? Yeah. What did you see today? Mm-hmm. And if you, you, cause you're, you're, you're conditioning them to do that eventually with the Holy spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the, and the Holy spirit will convict them. But if they're in that routine and that rhythm, I think it's going to be a much better conversation. And then they're, they're going to be quicker to, cause they're not going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. We're not raising perfect children, no. but they're going to be quicker to repent mm-hmm. and turn from those things and then tell you yeah. versus it becoming a stronghold in their life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really Kip, good. what would you say as the dad of a four-year-old and a seven-year-old right now and a two-year-old, but she's, she's really little, mm-hmm. um, about, you know, I've heard people say before, like, well, this just isn't a topic we need to talk about. They're too young. They wouldn't understand it. To be honest with you, it's, it's awkward for me. Um, it, it, not having the conversation, my challenge is um, trying to have the age-appropriate conversation. It's just, it's like, it's like, how much is too much? How much? I don't want to talk to them like they're idiots but like i don't want to i don't want to say something and they're like oh, oh we didn't know about we, that we, we, what are you yeah. talking about dad so <laughs> it's just like this age appropriate conversation and i'm i'm kind of way out over my skis on it to be honest with you and i'm kind of just fumbling through it but we've we have had um a conversation with um our oldest and to our um we were happy to find out that, like, as we're having this conversation, he's naive. He, he's totally naive. He's just like, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, he, <laughs> he pretty much, we there, we had this book that you guys mm-hmm. shared with us that is kind of like an age appropriate book, you know, type of thing, just talking about good pictures, bad pictures, and and like a third of the way into the book, he was totally just checked out. He was just like, yeah, I have no idea yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah. I, I don't he's care. He's looking out over, like, looking for squirrels to hunt. Yeah, we yeah, were like, yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah. yeah. Hunt so, those squirrels. So that was definitely a relief. But at the same time, it's like, it's it's coming, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it, it's going to come where, uh, where we're going to have to have a conversation um, with him. And when we do, or we're going to have to have, continue to have a conversation right. with him and, and like something's going to click at a point mm-hmm. and we're going to, we're going to realize like, okay, like it, this has now become yeah. an issue, an yeah. issue. Um, I think the most important thing for any listener, whether you're a parent or a single, or you want to have kids someday is to remember that where you first hear about something is what it cements in your mind. It creates those synapses that make you believe that is truth. And so for our kids, and we've even done this illustration in school where we create this brain with Play-Doh, and then we use these little tools to create grooves Mm -hmm. of new information. And the, the information that flows down those grooves that causes our brains to believe that that is the truth on that subject. Right. For me, for, for Kip, I want our kids to hear about things like pornography and sex and immorality from us mm-hmm. first yeah. 
because they're going to hear about it from their neighbor kids, yeah. from their baseball kids, from their schoolmates, right. from their churchmates. Yeah. They're going to hear about it. So if your head is in the sand, mm-hmm. you've already missed it. Yeah. Right. Um, and I just, that's what I want. Yeah. I want, I want to have those awkward conversations, mm-hmm. even if you're a bit too early yeah. because yep. you are helping set the tone of how does your child view sexuality? How yeah, do they right. view what is true and what is not yeah. true? And the voice they hear it from needs to be you. Yeah. It's the, it's the law first mentioned. It's, yes. It's you, you get the opportunity as a parent to set the baseline, the yes. truth. Right. And if you can lay the groundwork of, of the truth of the word of God, yeah. then you're going to be way further ahead. Yeah. But yeah. it's also to use your skiing analogy, Kip, um, I think so many parents stayed at the top of the ski hill mm-hmm. and never went down because yep. it was so awkward. And yeah. I get it. It's yeah. awkward. Yeah. Yeah. And there's going to be more awkward conversations that I'm going to have and Heather is going to have, you and Heidi are going to have. But it'd be much better to ski down the hill, lose all your skis, mm-hmm. and, and make it down there with them yeah. Yeah. than to stay at the top and never have run yeah. down the course. I agree so I think what, um, I, So I think all this is good, right? And we have to have these conversations with our kids. And we have to have age-appropriate conversations with our kids. I think, like, to answer your question, um, for me personally, I think, and, and for us, and I, I think Heidi and I are there together, it's like, yes, we have to have these conversations, if you had to put it into do a you know percentage, let's spend forty percent of our time talking about these conversations, and let's spend sixty percent of our time cultivating a heart that is sensitive to God, so yeah. that in yeah. the event that something does get presented to them, that they have the spiritual maturity to yeah. deal with it. Yeah. Um, because it, whether it's sexual issues or any host of sin like they're going to be presented with it and we want children who grow up to be adults that are able to deal with that it's really good and i would just add that if you think your children are immune to this you need to really have a heart check about it you know our son living on pluto yeah Mm -hmm. i mean our son was in first grade he was six years old and he was in a christian school and yeah. he was told about pornography for the first time. Yeah. And so, or, you know, we had thankfully already had conversations, but told by someone else. And so I just think that please don't be that parent that has your head so stuck down in the sand so far that you yeah. think, well, my children are exempt. Yeah. Because yeah. no children are exempt. No. That's right. All right, guys. Um, what do you need most from your wife? I mean, the question says besides sex, but I mean, I don't know if there is that question, but what do you need most from your wife besides sex when things are going great and when you're feeling discouraged or down? Is this, is this, what do I personally, yes, or, personally. or is it, you. is it like men you. in general? You, you. Oh, me personally? Yeah, you personally, honey. Oh, you give it to me, baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, boy. You, uh... <laughs> I think this is probably the case for a lot of men, but just encouragement. I mean, it's it, it like I often just laugh at men because for being so physically domineering, we are just emotionally fragile creatures <laughs> and uh, and just um, need that encouragement. I mean, it just you do such an incredible incredible job even when i don't even know i need it just like being encouraging supporting me you know even when we've made 
what we thought were wise decisions that ended <laughs> up not being wise, prayed for decisions, just being like, hey, hey, I support you. You know, we're, we're in this together. Um, and man, I think for me personally, that that's, I mean, it's worth its weight in gold. Just mm-hmm. that, that encouragement, that knowing that you're there, you're not tearing me down publicly in front of other people. I mean, even just to, just to, you know, encourage you, like, even it's funny, like you can truly kind of tell the character of somebody when they're at odds with somebody and yet they still build that person up publicly, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll have a disagreement or a fight or whatever the Christian word is for it. <laughs> Cause we do fight. We sometimes. do fight. Yeah. 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 We, we used to, we used to really fight mm-hmm. from time to time. We've but gotten really bad. We've gotten, that. we've gotten more mature about it. <laughs> um, but then we'd like go out to dinner and like, she would publicly, you know, be like, Hey, he's a great husband. It's like, man, we were ready to, you know, pound each other's face in 30 <laughs> minutes ago. and yeah, Not literally. And like publicly now she's, you know, s- supporting mm-hmm. me, encouraging me. So that's, uh, for me at least, it's good. incredible. Encouragement, okay. It's good. Yeah, I'd say similarly, um, I just wrote down a word um, and a word from God because I know God speaks through both of you, but... Mm-hmm. What I need from my wife is is that encouragement, but more than that, it's it's a word because a word a word from Jesus, who is the word, um, it just does something to you. It changes you, and so um, or or to come alongside and enhance the word that's already been spoken to me. Mm. Um, my wife was praying for me, the, me on Sunday, and she did something. Um, that I, I knew she didn't even say anything. She just touched me. And I knew that she was enhancing a word that had been spoken on me before. And so that encouraged me. I, I haven't even told her that, but that encouraged me more than um, anything she's done for me this month because mm-hmm. I knew what she was doing. And um, yeah, it's, so it's that encouragement. It's that, it's that, that's that strengthening of those roots by, because your voices are, are the most powerful voices in our life. Outside of Jesus, um, we will live and die by the words that you speak to us. Mm. That's why Proverbs talks so much about the beauty and the negativity of mm-hmm. women's words. Yeah. 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 Well, I know we've seen that for sure in our marriage where I can say one thing um, and it just it wrecks you, it crushes you. Yeah. And I have I I can't even comprehend the weight of what I've just said, um, and how it affects you. And so it's really been such a, you know, we're 18 and a half years into marriage and it has taken us a while. It's take, uh, I will speak for myself. It has taken me a while to realize the power of my words and their effect on you. Mm -hmm. And so I've learned to weigh my words so Mm -hmm. much more, um, not my praise of you. I mean, that, that I feel like just needs to be constant, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. my encouragement of you, but my criticism of you mm-hmm. or the things that I say that could really wreck you because mm-hmm. I've recognized now and it had, it took us a long time to get there, but I've recognized the power of my words yeah. that they have over you. Yeah. Well, and I think too, um, 
as I've tried to process the power of my words over my husband, I often think, okay, I have two sons. How would I feel as the mother if my son came to me when he was married and started to tell me these really heavy, weighty words that his wife had spoken over him? Yeah. I would be heartbroken. Yeah. I'd be heartbroken for him thinking that the woman that should love him the most is being so careless yeah. with the gift of her words. And so I try to put myself in that position of, okay, Kip is someone's son. Mm-hmm. You know, he is the son of God, the father. He's the son of his parents mm-hmm. um, who is loved the way I love my sons. Yeah. And so, you know, I don't, I don't want to be, and I'm not perfect at it. I'm an eight on no, the Enneagram. We all know this. It's not but easy. It, it is so difficult, but I don't want to be the one that puts those wounds on his mm-hmm. spirit because a, a wounded spirit is very difficult to recover from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay. We just have a couple minutes left. Okay. Yeah. Time has flown by. Yeah. So guys, what do you say to just the ordinary guy? who feels there is nothing extraordinary about him. Um, You're being lied to. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, everybody has something and probably many things that are extraordinary about them. I think as we kind of started the podcast, right? So all of us deal with that lie. And I think in, in, you know, my situation, I think Chris's situation, like we have the blessing of having two or each having an incredible <laughs> spouse. We, we're not no sister, s- wives, sister here. wives here, but no. <laughs> um, we, you know, I have the incredible blessing of having somebody that sees the extraordinary. Chris has somebody that mm-hmm. has the uh, blessing of seeing the extraordinary. And so I would, I would say like, Hey, if, if you're really struggling with seeing the extraordinary in yourself and you're a prayerful about it like hey god reveal to me you know the gifts that you've given me um and then b find somebody that can be your encourager find somebody that can see the things that you can't see because Mm -hmm. oftentimes right we people that are close to us are able to see the qualities in us that maybe we're kind of blind to Mm -hmm. Um, whether you're a guy or a girl, you know, find that friend. If, you know, if you don't have a friend, make a friend and, mm-hmm. and or, or go find somebody within your church or your community that has discernment and wisdom that can say, hey, this is what I see in you. This is what I see is um, a promising, you know, attribute or personality trait or something that's extraordinary about you and, and then cultivate that. Yeah, I'd say similarly is... Uh, your identity is so important you have to fight for it just like jacob fought um with god and he fought him all night long and it was a struggle he wrestled with him Mm. but at the end of the night god gave him a new name Mm. and i think that's what that's my been my process is um understanding not fighting with god but just being so desperate enough to hear from God that you press in and keep seeking and knocking and asking that he, he being that relentless, that he tells you, he downloads to you Mm -hmm. who you are. And, and, and that's an ongoing thing where you have to, to walk in the confidence of who he made you to be. You have to be reminded of that and Mm -hmm. it's got to be refreshed in you. 
And so it's it's seeking him first. I don't know what other, however way to say it, it's making him the ultimate pleasure, the ultimate desire, and going after him so strong that everything else is secondary. Well, and Chris, that analogy, I love that. It's interesting you say that because I've thought about that story a lot this week of just Jacob wrestling mm-hmm. with, with the angel of the Lord. And the interesting thing is the angel of the Lord didn't offer the blessing first. Mm-hmm. Jacob asked for it. Yeah, to ask for it. So he said, basically, God, tell me something good about me. Yeah. God, encourage me. God, give me. I'm not letting go of this wrestle yeah. until yeah. you bless me. And that's when God blessed him. Yeah. It was that persistent pursuit of, yeah. I I will find something yeah. good in this. And that's what, there's a theme in what I've been talking about tonight is this persistence of mm-hmm. God and yeah. just not, he pursues us so relentlessly, but, yeah. but he wants that from us. There's something yeah. about if there's a, an individual or a group of individuals that's hungry for him, mm-hmm. that he shows up. Yeah. And is so desperate enough for him that he shows up. So good. And is wants to know their identity so much as a son or daughter of God that he will show up. Yeah. But you've but it's a wrestling match yeah. to get there. That's good. Guys, this has been fun. Yeah, it has been. I just I'll speak I think I could probably speak from both of us. We Heather and I tease that we have a cloud, you know, like the iCloud. You can just pull data from. Yeah, we have the from, same cloud. The cloud. <laughs> Our listeners may not know. Kip's a computer but... salesman. He knows. <laughs> yes, it's true. It's true. But um, we like we just respect you guys so much, and I, you are truly two of the very best men I have ever met and ever done life with. So, um, thank you. Thanks for from the bottom us. of our hearts yeah, for being you. on our show and for blessing our listeners. So, listeners, thanks for joining us, um, men. We especially want to give a huge recognition of you to know that um we've thought of you and actually this was our men's idea was to do this guy's series these ordinary men's ordinary guys theory and um just connect with you yeah and i want to just also say heidi that on our show notes we will put links to a lot of the things that have been mentioned some of the tools that we use specifically for software and devices Mm -hmm. protection on those and then also some books and resources that we've used with our kids that's good um and maybe some podcasts that were mentioned either in the first episode or in this in part two of just things and resources that we've used in our spiritual lives and in our marriages that's good Thank you so much for listening and we will chat with you next time.